Good evening. I hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Masechus Gittin Daf Samach Aleph. Sorry for the last minute change in plans. We're starting on the very last line of Daf Samach Amid and we're explaining a Mishnah which spoke about Darche Shalom. The Mishnah can be found on the very bottom of Nuntesimid Aleph going up to the top of Nuntesimid Bez. And on Nuntesimid Bez at the top in that Mishnah, we had learned that the nets of Chayas Ophos and Dagin, Yeshbem Shum Gezim and Darke Shalom, that there is a din of Darke Shalom that we're not supposed to take people's items that they trapped in certain kinds of traps. And now the Gemara is going to qualify that on the very last line of Samach Amid last couple of words. The Tzudas Chayb Osos for Dagin, Yeshbem Mishum. It only says, and the Gemara starts to detail what types of traps we're talking about. If we're dealing with and if you look at Rashi Uzla, he says, it, it's not just like, uh, you know, they're stuck on a wire. They're actually inside a circular or spherical net. That's different. That's uh, that's one case. That's cool. As we turn to the top of Samach al Everyone agrees, as Rashi says, the cave of the Yishlam Toch, Kanalo Kelav, the Gezel Gamor. No, nobody argues in that case. So let's imagine that we had some type of clever contraption that if a fish could swim in and not swim out, that's Pachshit Gezel if you steal him. That's not Dark Eshon. However, Kipligi, where is the Machlokest in our Mishnah between the two sheets? Kipligi, Belechi, Bekokri, these are the kinds of things that are you know, getting trapped on a hook or getting trapped with a line, some of those things there. That's where we have our Machlokes. The Gemara on Samach Al-Famaral continues right at the second line. What is going on in that case? Very interesting. We saw the Rabbi Yossi pushed back a few times. This was on the top of the Testament days. And there he had said a couple of times, I disagree with you, it's Gezel Gomor, Gezel Gomor. Now we see that the Gezel Gomor is not Gezel Gomor, right? It's only Gezel Gomor, it's only a Dindar and then the Gemara says, I don't understand, Rabbi Yossi. Why are you going to length to say that it's Gezel Gomor if it's only Gezel Gomor Midivrein, if it's only the Rabbanon? What's the difference between that and Dark Eshalom? They're the same thing. It says the Gemara, The difference is Otsio Bidayon. The Nafkimina is a halachic outcome. Am I allowed to go to Bezdin and bring this person as a plaintiff, defendant, the whole nine yards? When we're talking about something that's Medivrehem, that's Gezel Medivrehem, that's the Dindarabanon of Gezel, we can bring them to Bethlehem. But if it's only because of Dark Eshalom and somebody breaks that rule, so then the din is that they have no recourse in Bethlehem. The Gemara says five lines down on Samachal, that we said that if there's a poor person who's climbed up an olive tree and he's grabbing olives, that you're not allowed to take the olives below him. And the Brisa adds, Tana, Everyone agrees that if you do so biyad with your bare hand, you take a, you pluck one off and then you drop it and you'll pick it up later when you get down to the bottom of the tree. To take that, you're for sure not allowed to do. And the Gemara tells an odd story. The Gemara says, Rav Kahana have a cause in Hutal. He's going to the city of Hutal. Chaz Gabra. There was this guy, and he was throwing sticks, Rashi says. He was throwing maklos. He was throwing sticks up uh, into the tree. And as he would do so, some of the olives would fall to the ground. And then Ozal, Rav Kahana, went and He went down, picked one up, bore and he put one in his mouth. The guy looked up, looked down from the top of the tree, Omar Lei. You should just know that I took this with my bare hands, namely... That's Gezel Gomor of Kahana. And what does the Gemara say? Amar Le of Kahana says back to the guy at the top of the tree, it must be that may Asred Rav Yoshia also, Ata, that you are from the city uh, where Rav Yoshia is. And Rashi here on the side, 10 lines down, 11 lines down, says, Rav Yoshia would speak about these halachos regularly. You must be a Talmud Chacham. And he said about him, 
that this guy was a big tzaddik. So the Rashba over here was very upset. Well, a lot of the Rishonim are bothered. What was Rav Kahana doing? That you can walk under a tree at, at the very minimum, it's dark Yishalom, and at, at the maximum, it's what's going on here? The Rashba says that he actually thought it was a goy. He thought that this person was not a yid, and there is no din of dark Yishalom. Lahore, we'd have to say the sheet of dark Yishalom, because if by, even by a goy, we have Gezal Achum in the Rabbana. So it must be that it's mutter, mida oraisa, and midnei darke shalom. If it's a going, the only din of darke shalom applies to it. So he thought he was a going when he responded by saying, by the way, I plucked it with my hand. Rav Kahana did the mental gymnastics and recognized that this person was taka a yid. Says the Gemara, third of the way down, that if a guy goes into the field and starts to pick up like a chicha and pay, we don't stop him from doing so. Tan Rabbana, the Bryce writes, mefarisin aniyei nochem im aniyei yisrael. That um, when we are feeding uh, Jews or we're being a far next time with tzedakah, it's not only Jews, it's also nachrim. Um, when you're doing bikr cholim, it's not just for Jews, it's also for goyim. And as well, the Kovrin may say nachrim may say Yisrael, And the Gemara concludes with this brisa saying that not only do we do those things, we also bury them together. Now, it's actually not literally together. That's what Rashi says 12, 13 lines down. And if we find a goy that's been killed alongside a yid, we bury both of them. We don't just bury them. That should be uh, somewhat clear. The Gemara says halfway down, I'm allowed to lend. A woman is allowed to lend to her friend. And if this friend is chashuda alashviz, that if they're if we're after this man beer where we're no longer allowed to have certain foods in our house, but this woman is chashud alashviz, I'm still allowed to lend her some of my kitchen items. What am I allowed to lend? Napa bakabra. These are different types of sifters. The rechaim is like a handle, the toner is an oven. Aval, lo savor, velo sitchan ima, but I can't actually work biadayim with her. That I can't do. I can't work on her stuff because she's chashud alashviz. And therefore, to do that, would be to violate. This is what uh, Rashi says a third of the way down. Abraham not allowed to help them while they're doing it. There's a lot of lumdus in this Rashi. If you look at the language, it's very carefully crafted, as usual. He says, it's You're not allowed to help them with your hands. Those who are doing it, only if it's bishas. Maybe I could do something in advance. Like in the first part of the mission, I'm allowed to leave them, Caitlin, that they can do. That's not me helping them. So that's what the Gemara says over here, the Mishnah. And then the, that's case number one, that I can lend out certain utensils, but I can't work with them. However, case number two in our Mishnah says as follows, that uh, when it comes to the to an, a woman who's an Amha'aret, and so a woman who's a, a woman who's a Chaber, she's an Eshes Chaber, she knows Halacha, and she has a friend who's an Amha'aret. So by her, we distinguish. We say that we can give her a nap of a cabra. And then, unlike the first case, we say, that we can do all of the sifting and all of the grinding and all of the separating with her. So that's not Mesayot The Gemara is going to ask about that. Once the water is added to the flour after they've done the grinding, then the Eishas Chavar has to back off. Then she can't help anymore. So we see a gentle distinction between the first case in our Mishnah, which is an Isha Achashud Alashviz, and the second case, which is an Eishes Am Ha'oretz. The Chulan, in all of these cases, the only reason why we can lend anything to them in the first place, why are we involved in this? Don't touch us with a 10-foot pole. These people aren't from. Why are we supporting what they're doing? This is the right way to do things. 
that we should be in, uh, involved with them. That's what Rashi says over here, uh, that when it says, why should we lend them anything? It must be, says Rashi, so that there's good feelings between us and between them. We also help out people who are not Jews during Shvius. We don't know what this means yet. We'll see this another day. But not through the hands of Israel. Again, cryptic for now. And as well, one can also ask, uh, as to how one is doing in regards to a God. Now, this doesn't mean the polite good morning, good afternoon. That's not what that means. We know that there are Hanayim who are Amorim who are known that uh, no one could ever beat them to say to say a greeting to a God. That's not what we're talking about. So take a look at Rashi just to our side, two-thirds of the way down to You can even use the term Shalom. I can tell you from experience, I regularly am in a scenario where somebody will come over to me and say, Shalom. And the din is that uh, we are allowed to reciprocate. That's what Rashi says, is that we're talking about a case scenario over here where we're using the word Shalom as a reference to a guy. And the Gemara says, if you've Shalom, that's permissible. So now the question that I've already foreshadowed, let's ask, what was the difference between case one, where we're dealing with a woman who's chashuda ala shviz, as opposed to case two, where we're dealing with an Ashes am ha'aretz, different things. Hashuda ala shviz is someone who doesn't keep the halachos of shviz. Hashuda, the Ashes am ha'aretz, is someone who's perhaps, we're concerned that maybe her food is peddled. Not exactly the same concern. But why do we distinguish where in the first case you're allowed to lend, but you're not allowed to do anything via dime? And in the second case where you can lend and help, just not once the water has been added to the flour. The Gemara says, Maishna Reisha, Maishna Seifa. Amar answer number one, Rov Ameharetz Ma'asrenheim. We assume that Rov of the Ameharetz, they would be, be Ma'asrenheim their food anyways. So in that case, because she's only Chashudan Maitzer, and because there we have a Rov, so the Darche Shalom can override the, the, the mute that perhaps she didn't do that. That's totally fine. Rava Amar, no. Hachab Amaretz the Rav Meir. We're actually talking about an Amaretz of Rav Meir who we don't believe did Meister well. But what we're talking about in our mission is something different. With Tuma Batara de Rabbanon. We're talking about a case of Tuma Batara, which is only of a rabbinic nature, and the Darke Shalom will override that. What is this talking about? We don't know. So the Gemara says, six lines from the bottom, Samach Aleph Amar Aleph, Titania. Eizu Amaretz, who is considered to be an Amaretz, says the Gemara, Kol She'enu Ochel, Chula Vibitara de Rav Meir. The mayor says that an Amaret is a person who doesn't eat his chulen, betahara. The Chachamim say that we're talking about someone who's not me'asr, their peros, that's the definition of an Amaret. But according to this first approach of Rav Meir, the dinder abonan that we're talking about in our Mishnah is a concern of someone who may not eat their chulen, betahara. That's what's going on in case number two of our Mishnah with this woman who's an Ashes Amharet, and Darke Shalom is able to override the rabbinic concern of her not eating chulin, of the Ashes Amharet not eating chulin, Bitara. Says the Gemara, wait one second. In the second case, we learn, But when we say in the second case that once the water is added, that the Ashes Chaver is no longer allowed to assist anymore, that's an already when we have. So the, that implies that the Reisha is not talking about Tumu Batara, which means that we're no longer on a level playing field, because that means that the Reisha and the Sefer are not even comparable cases anymore. So it says the Gemara, Reisha v'Sefer Batumu Batara. Really, both cases. Case number one about the woman who's Tashud al and case number two, the Eishas Amaretz, both of them are talking about the same din of Tumu Batara. The Reisha v'Tumas Chulen, the Sefer v'Tumas That there's a difference between Tumas Chulen, which is what case number one is talking about, 
And the Seifa, the case of the Asia Zamaharit, is talking about Tumas Chala, and therefore they're very different, not comparable, and all is fine and good, a reasonable distinction, and therefore the Halachos are different. In case number one, by the uh, woman is chashud alashviyas, where we're talking about the tomb of chulin. So the din is more uh, is is very machmer. But where we're talking about tumatzala, we can be even more makeup. And the Gemara says at the very bottom of the page, hold on one second. It doesn't seem to work out. We have a brisa which doesn't align with something that we've said. This brings us to the top of samach aleph amad aleph at the very top. We'll be going to the third line on the top of samach beis amad aleph. We have a brisa tochnen umafkidin. I'm allowed to grind, and I'm allowed I'm allowed to grind my flour. And I'm also can be mafkid. I can take my food and I can leave it. I'm allowed to leave my food, to grind my food and leave my food in your property, even if you are not from your ochle shviz. You mamish eat food that should not be eaten because it's food from the Shemitah year. And as well, uh, I can leave my peros there. Aval. What I cannot do is lola ochle shviz, lola ochle perosein betuma. But I'm not allowed to help someone with their food if they are not from. So I can put my food there, but I can't help someone else with their food. Awesome. What's going on over there? That case is a little bit different. It says the Gemara, Over there, we have a case of Tuma Deo Raisa. And therefore, in this case that we just brought at the top of Samach Aleph on the base, this case is the case of Tuma Deo Raisa, a case of a coin that's chashel lechol truma. And therefore, in such a case, we are not allowed to do anything with those people whatsoever. We can't even leave it in their property at all. But that's because the, the dindel rice is what we're talking about. But our mission is talking about a dindel abonon. And by our mission, we're allowed to be a little bit more makeup. And the Gemara says six lines down, we're mina, we have another price. Mafkid and truma, it's a Yisrael Amha'aretz. We're allowed to leave truma with a Yisrael who's an Amha'aretz, a Jew who's not knowledgeable. Below Eitzel Kohen Amaharetz, but not with a Kohen who's an Amaharetz. Mipnei Shelibo Gaspa. That doesn't seem to stem with that previous case on the top of Samachala from a base. And the Gemara responds with two different responses. Amar Abilah, in what case must we be dealing with? We're talking about an earthenware, Klicheres, excuse me. We're talking about a Klicheres, an earthenware vessel that's Mukaf Tzamit Pesil, that's completely sealed. And we know, because we've learned Sukkim and Chumash before, that the din is that if you have an earthenware vessel with something in it, the halacha is that even if it's in the hands of uh, of a calling of Tameh, whatever the case may be, it wouldn't become Tameh. And therefore, in that case, we're allowed to, even in a case of a din, Doraisa, to status of Doraisa Tumah, it doesn't matter because he can't convey the Tumah to that thing. Says the Gemara, that's not so simple. You're right that he can't, but his wife can. Why? Says the Gemara, a quarter of the way down. Perhaps his wife is uh, going to move that item. And the tuma of Anida is of one of the most chamor tumas. So when she simply takes the earthenware vessel and pushes it, the din is that it's completely tumming. Because then the Gemara says, you're right. We have to distinguish between these two brises in a different way. A very, very clean divide. In a b'risa where we see that we're very concerned, that's because the peros were hokshru, they're wet. We know yad shach adam, yayin, dvash, shemen cholov, tal, dam, and mayim, all seven of those liquids are the ones that can cause for a transfer of tumah. So in those cases, every case where we're machmir, that's because the peros are wet. In every case where we're mekil, that's because the peros are dry. Or min, hold on one second. If a person's bringing wheat so to someone who grinds food and they are either a kusi or an amaaretz, 
They remain in their status as it relates to Meiser and Shvis. We don't assume they swapped out any food. But um, that's not true in regards to Tuma. But in regards to Tuma, then we assume that there is a problem. So Akashi, again, we see that it's not really fitting with that previous Mishnah. What, why, what are we going to do with this Brisa? So the Gemara says, Hi, my Rumia. What kind of question is this? Weren't you paying attention to the last answer we gave? Obviously, in this Brisa, if we see Avalola Tuma, we see that there's something wrong with the Tuma. We should follow the same thing we said before. We're talking in two different cases where the Peros are not moist, where there's no moisture. So then we're not worried about Tuma. But where there is moisture, then we are, are concerned about Tuma. So you can't bring a Raya from that Brisa. And the Gemara asks halfway down, it's such a, that's so obvious from the flow of the Gemara. That's obviously not what the, why the Brisa was brought. So the Gemara says it must be that there was another question with the Brisa. The flow of events here needs to be clarified. We just gave an answer in the name of Revirmi, a third of the way down. And we can figure out all of the Mari Makomos based on whether or not the Peros were moist. If the Peros were moist, if they were wet, then they can transfer to Ma. And if not, not. Then we ask the Stira, and the Gemara says, what are you talking about? That fits into the answer that we saw earlier. This answer works for that Brisa. If we say that there's no Tuma concern, that's obviously because the Peros are not wet. So why did you bother bringing the Brisa? And the Gemara says, halfway down, to Karila, my Karila. According to the person who brought this Brisa, what was he thinking in the first place? What was his actual question? It can't be what we thought it was. It can't be about Tuma. Because that we've already clarified. Says the Gemara, There really was another question to be asked. What was the next question to be asked? Says the Gemara, that we weren't focusing on the part of the Mishnah about Tumah, but rather, Says the Gemara, we were assuming that if we were to give our flower to a Kusi or to an Am Ha'aretz, we would assume that they would not swap it out. That part is difficult. Why is that difficult? Says the Gemara, are you going to tell me that we, we're going to trust these people not to swap out a Kusi and an Amharats? Of course they're going to. And in fact, we have a text proof that shows us that they do. Says the Gemara, or Minhu, Anosin lechamoso, Maiser, Eshehu nosin la, Eshehu notel heimena, Mibnei shechashud amechlefes hamizkalkia. That if I give food to my mother-in-law, I have to be Maiser, that which I give to her, and that which I get back to her. So let's say I have 10 units, I have to take off Maiser before I give her 9, and then I have to take off 0.9 when I'm done. So I'm going to give 1.9 out of the 10. I'm left with 8.1. That's because of a particular concern that we see that people may flip around, people may switch things. So if we see that even by Chamosa, by one's mother-in-law, we're concerned about that, then why would we say in the Brisa, when it says the line of Harei'el B'chad on the Maestro the Shviyas, why? When I give the flower to a Kusi or to an Amharat, I should be concerned because I'm worried about Chamos, I'm worried about the mother-in-law. It says the Gemara, no. There we have a specific reason why the mother-in-law is concerned. And the mother-in-law's concern is, uh, She uh, wants to make sure that her son-in-law is doing good by her daughter, and she may not like the flower, that he gave her. So she might swap it out for uh, for Subin, for a little bit of a, not Subin, for, uh, for Smida, for a little bit of a better flower, whatever the case may be. Says the Gemara, fine, you answer by Hamos, I gotcha, loud and clear. We're not concerned about, uh, we're not concerned about people switching out the flower in general. We're only concerned about the cases that we saw earlier of the Amha'aretz. Uh, even by the Amha'aretz, we're not concerned, and we're also not concerned by the mother-in-law. So let's try again. The Gemara says, Are we not concerned in general about people switching out foods? Eight, nine lines from the bottom. Let's say that a boy, a man, whoever is going into a hotel, and he gives to the Pundakis, the, the innkeeper, and he gives her dough and says, I want you to make uh, some challah for me, please. So the din is, 
uh, he has to take 10% off the 10, so he's down to 9. When she gives them back, he has to be ma'asir. Again, same deal, 1.9 out of 10, only between 0.1. Why? So we see that the b'raisa by the kusi and by the am by them we were not concerned, seemingly. We were not concerned about chiluf, but over here we seem to be concerned about chiluf because the innkeeper is going to switch things around. Says the Gemara, no, Hasa Moria. Here, she uh, Moria over here means that she's Mora Heter. She has a svara as to why she's doing what she's doing, and it's not a rule for everyone. What's her svara? Va'omra, Barbe Rava Rabbi Lechol Chamima Va'ana Echol Karira. He made she made his challah at nine a.m. He didn't come back till six p.m. By the time he got back, his challahs were cold. He said, "I want him to have warm challah. So I'm going to be machlev and take mine. I'm an amaharet, but he doesn't know that. I'm going to give him my challah. So by her, we are taka concerned. The mechalefes." But again, by the Kusi and by the Amar, we are not concerned. And the Gemara tries yet again. Be'akati, it's still the case. Are you going to say that we're not concerned about Chiluf? We have another Raya where we see that there's Chiluf. What's the Raya? The Brisa, four lines from the bottom of the page. That a from woman can be tochen, can grind flour. With a woman who's an Amaharet, even when she's Tmeah, but not when she is Tehora. Rashi, Rashi says two lines from the bottom, Tochenes Nisayata, that he can she can help her. And Bismanchi Tmeah, Aishas Khaver, when the Aishas Khaver is allowed to do when she's Tmeah, the Kema di Bain Tuma ain't a regilo liga betaros, lochashina shematito, the sitain lesochpiha. We're not talking about when the Aishas Amaharet is Tmeah. We're talking about when Aisha's chaver is tmeh. When she's tmeh, we're not concerned about, about anything because she's so well-trained and she's a need of the dogma. She's so well-trained not to touch taros that she can go help. She can't touch the food and she wouldn't touch the food because she's a need So we don't have to worry about her helping her in those cases. Ibn uh, I'm sorry. And then Rib Shimon ben Elazar, no. Even when the Aisha's chaver is tmeh, she's not allowed to help the Amaharats. Why not? Because the woman who she's helping, the Amha'aretz, is going to try to feed her, and we're afraid that she might end up eating it. And that would, of course, be coming. It says the Gemara, Hash, the Migna of Ganba, here, the Aisha Samha'aretz, who doesn't own her own bread, and she's giving her bread to the Aisha Schaber, if she's willing to steal the bread, says the Gemara, of course she's going to be willing to swap it out. So maybe we should be concerned about her, and maybe we should ask Akasha on the Kusi and on the Amha'aretz. He says the Gemara, here too, they were being Moraheter. And what was the Moraheter as to why we should be concerned about the Aishas Amha'aretz? The Amra, Tura, Midisheka, she's saying it's not normal. When we eat, when we feed animals, when we have animals that are plowing the ground, but they still graze a little bit while they're eating. So that too, when we have an Aishas Chaver, we're going to try and feed her, even though in Aishas Amha'aretz, she's going to say, you can have a little bit to eat while we're cooking, no problem at all. So the Gemara answers up all of the questions and seems to conclude that when we are talking about whether or not we have a concern about chiluf, about switching out the foods, that if I give dough to a kusi or to an amharetz, or if I give flour to a kusi or to an amharetz, the halacha is that we are not concerned about it. And all of the exception cases that we just uh, went through, uh, all of them are their own umkimtas, and none of them seem to be broadly referencing general cases, only specific cases. We'll stop right here. Amir Tashem will pick up tomorrow. Uh, in person on Daf Samach Bezim, three lines down. Wishing you all a beautiful night.